Greetings, everyone. This is a podcast about betting on sports, which is something you can do to try and make money. One important thing to know is that this podcast is not going to be the reason you get rich from sports betting. To repeat, we're not going to get you rich. There's sleazeballs abound all over the internet who will be happy to take your money to chase down that lie. Here, at best, we might make you a little bit less awful of a better if you're lucky. Bet at your own risk. Don't bet more than you can afford to lose. Godspeed. Start the show. Jay Swa. Hello there, Rob. How was your weekend, my friend? How was the conference? Weekend was good. Conference was good. Ton of data. A lot of software. A lot of wonks. You know, walking around. I got the best data. No, I got the best data. Um, no, it was good, man. How about you? Good. I uh, went to the Maryland-Syracuse game. Saw Maryland perform excellently against the... Uh, Men or it used to be the orange men, but now we're in 2019, so the Syracuse Orange. Um, and yeah, and Sunday I enjoyed about uh, 10 hours of football, so just living the dream, man. 10 hours, and are you like day trading, um, making tons of bets, changing bets, and game wagering left and right on Sundays? Um, that will be the standard practice today or this Sunday because it's week one and there's just so much uncertainty. It was more just digest. So I watched the game at one o'clock. I watched the game at four o'clock and then I watched the night game where the Patriots just destroyed the Steelers. Um, so I did make an in-game bet. We'll talk about that when I review my bets. But uh, to me, like my, if I were to kind of make my philosophy as simple as possible, it's like less is more. So I have multiple TVs going on, but I follow one game at a time. So I had the Eagles-Redskins game on, uh, and then I had uh, Kyler Murray show the Cardinals-Detroit uh, during the 4 o'clock hour. And it just helps you kind of – if you watch the same teams, uh, you can kind of pick up on patterns more and, and things about nature. Uh, at least for me, I can't multitask for shit. So that's what that's what works for me. But uh, definitely moving forward, probably a little bit more active with um, the in-game wagering. Like I said, I'm I'm watching one game. Uh, I have like red zone on the other uh, another screen. I also have play by play data coming up on my on another screen. Uh, so just in case like a really outlier event happens, things of that nature. But just like I said with college football, uh, week one in the NFL was kind of just a digest. I did have some plays, um, but uh, really once we get to like late September here, especially for college football, we'll be kind of like uh, going full speed. And, of course, I had my fantasy, my daily fantasy as well as my season-long fantasy. Um, I had Christian McCaffrey on DraftKings, who went absolutely insane, which was great. So I placed in in DraftKings on all my 50-50s. FanDuel, I had Jameis Winston, and he threw two touchdowns to the wrong team. Uh, So uh, I was pretty pissed about that, but that's Jameis. And, uh, yeah, he's... it, it's one of those things who's to blame you know uh i love Jameis for his youtube videos uh but who's the idiot <laughs> the, the guy from the youtube videos or the guy who puts money behind the guy from those youtube videos so mm-hmm. uh yeah so that was my weekend uh did you get to catch any of the games i watched uh a couple bad games i watched steelers patriots okay. i watched um who was it I did texas a&m play clemson Clemson, awful yeah. too. Uh, those yeah. were my only two, and they okay. were um, they were uh, no bueno in my in my humble opinion. Actually, right. you know what? I caught the very end of uh, the Saints game, which was cool. Yeah, that was cool. Uh, Bill O'Brien, what a, I mean, that's one of the reasons I have the under on the Texans. It's just because he's such a fucking moron. Um, 
he scored too quickly. And he also he's just he's just an idiot. But uh yeah, good for the Saints. I love how everyone was like justice is served. It's like the, yeah, week one game or a you know trip to the Super Bowl. <laughs> yeah. Also, I had a I had the Saints futures uh, on the Super Bowl last year, so that was pretty cool. Anyways, uh, well, it's cool. Did did you watch him with anybody? I know you talked about it. you went to that finance meeting, and we kind of like getting your perspective because you're kind of the um, you know. I don't want to call you the average NFL fan because you're not like a you know diehard NFL guy, but you know just from a, a value perspective or just you know watching the game, did anything stand out to you this weekend or anything maybe that you were watching with some other people stand out to you? No, not really. Um, there was like a it was like a watch party for Steelers Patriots because of course Sunday okay. night like a big sponsored happy hour thing uh-huh. and uh, no one paid attention after the score was like. <laughs> I don't know, right. 12 nothing or something. Yeah. It's like, okay, okay. no one cares. Okay. The end of the Saints game, like, definitely interrupted, like, a big dinner. It's kind of funny. Like, people are talking, and then <laughs> you start to see heads turn, like, piece by piece. It's like, ah! Those those are more fun. Absolutely. Okay, cool. Uh, well, yeah, so I had some plays. I posted them all on, on Twitter um, when I make those plays. So if you're not following me, please follow. It's at uh, jswasports uh, on Twitter. Um, I kind of... Just post the plays. If you ever want to, you know, reach out of why I'm behind them, please tweet me or text me, which some of you do. Uh, so I had the Ravens money line. Uh, yeah, they absolutely blew out the Dolphins. Uh, so that one. I had the Eagles pregame uh, minus 10 for half a unit. I had a six-point teaser, and we're going to talk about teasers because uh, I, I wanted to explain that last show, but we'll explain that this show. Uh, I had the Eagles minus four and the Panthers plus eight. That one. And then I live bet the Eagles minus six and a half. So I don't know if you saw the Redskins Eagles game, but the Redskins scored a meaningless touchdown with uh, six seconds left. And uh, it, I lost those two bets. So, and then I had the Steelers. So I took the Steelers pregame at two to one for half a unit, thinking that at some point in the game they would be leading and I was going to take the Patriots on the other side. So that's called like trading the game. You start with one position with. Um, you know, at some point during the game, you just need the other the team you bet on to kind of be leading, and then you go ahead and take the other side, and you can lock in some profit. But as you saw, the Patriots just absolutely destroyed the Steelers. So I was just pretty much a loser at the end of the first quarter. And then I had the Broncos Raiders under first half. Um, kind of theme we're going to talk about. But if you're ever betting, you're like an under in the NFL. Uh, you should really look strongly at the first half, and we'll talk a little bit about that. Um. In, in the next segment, but uh, especially early in the season, week one especially, because so many of these players don't play in the uh, preseason, so the offenses are often not in sync. So, and also just basic game theory, really. Uh, both teams are f- feeling each other out. No one wants to turn the, the ball over. Um, so yeah, and there's also not the context of like, oh well, we're you know zero and eight, so we're just going to go guns a blazing. Everyone's zero and zero, thinking they're going to go to the Super Bowl, so they're kind of treading lightly. Uh, so yeah, so uh, I was up because that the Eagles, the only full unit bets were the teaser and the uh, Ravens money line, which I both won. I was up just under one unit, but if the Redskins don't score that uh, meaningless touchdown with six seconds left, I'm up three units or 2.9 units. So it just shows you how being result oriented can be um, dangerous. 
and how you know the ebbs and flows the randomness you just kind of got to roll with the punches um but yeah it was it was a good week i felt like i learned a lot tracked a lot of the games um one of the things i wanted to go over is kind of how i track a game or excuse me not even tracking a game i track uh the line movement so what I do is I have a, a chart for each team and I can post, I'm going to post one of these charts on my Twitter. So you can come and check that out. But what I do is I get the opening line. I get the closing line. So the opening line is the first line that Chris puts, puts out. So that's the, the biggest and pretty much the best bookmaker in uh, for American sports. They're offshore, but it's, uh, it's called uh, Chris if you're outside the United States and then it's bookmaker.eu if you're in the United States um, they'll take the biggest bets there they're the line everyone copies even in Vegas New Jersey they're they're the line that matters so I take the opening line from that and then the closing line to see where the market moved and I do the same thing for the total see where the total opened and where it closed and then I write the score down ATS you know, did they cover, did they not? And then if the game went over or not. And then I also have the preseason line. So for week one, it doesn't really make sense. But for week two and moving forward, I have what the preseason line was. Just to kind of give context of how either the markets change, whether it's just an overreaction or it's a justified reaction. Uh, but like I said, I'll have that posted on my Twitter so uh, people can... And I'll actually do it. I'll write a quick, quick article as well so you can kind of see what, how I use that and... Um, Oh, that's just a handicapping tool. So that shouldn't be the end-all, be-all, but it's part of your handicapping tool. You, you're kind of getting all the information the market is uh, showing you. So, for example, uh, uh, the Redskins open at, at eight-point underdogs and they close at ten-point underdogs. So it's showing you, okay, money came in to move that two points. Um, so you take that as part of y- your information. You take watching the game, and then you also should have your own projections and handicap in terms of what you think of each team. And you kind of bring all that information together to to have a bet or something of that nature. Does that does that make sense at all, Rob? Sounds expensive. No, yeah, it does. Um, <laughs> it's uh, I'd be interested to see on the chart. So like, there's different. Each of these different time pieces is going to have a pretty different. Um, like time frame to them, right? So like preseason ones versus how much right. they change from Saturday to Sunday. Like I'm sure you can right. get much more. Like the variance just gets higher. You're, you're more likely to have moves as the game becomes closer. And then obviously in-game will change a lot too. Right, absolutely. Yeah, the preseason one, it's really not a great exercise for week one. Uh, but yeah, as the weeks come in, injuries, we learn more about these teams. It, it kind of gives you an indicator uh, and it's just a part of your handicap. If you do this by itself, you're not. It's not going to make you a ton of money, but it's just part of, uh, you know, tracking the the market. And like I said, I'll post that. And any questions anyone has, can p- please reach out and comment. Um, so that example we talked about last week with the kind of you want to get ahead of a team, you know, see what the market's doing and get ahead of a team. So an example of that was the Dolphins. So this week two game that they're playing the Patriots, uh, they're a 19 point fa- uh, underdog at this time right now. So it, that might change as we get closer to kickoff. Uh, but if you preseason, if you were to get the Dolphins at this game, they were a nine point underdog. So that's just showing you it's it's moved ten points, which is pretty incredible. Uh, that's because you had the, the Dolphins look absolutely terrible, and then you had the Patriots look like you know world beaters. On national television so you're kind of getting the opposite ends of the spectrum there um but what we talked about was if you see a line move so week one 
the Dolphins were three-point underdogs at the, at the beginning, and then they closed seven-point underdogs. So instead of betting them at seven, even though that would have won if you've taken the Ravens minus seven, you could kind of gotten ahead by that by, by betting the Dolphins the week ahead. I think they were at like 10 or 11 by the time uh, it, it, you know the, the week one game had moved. But still, you'd be getting over seven points. You could have bet the Patriots minus like 10 or 11 Whereas now you're getting them at 19. So that's one of those examples we talked about last week that we want, you know, you're betting a week ahead based on what the market's telling you. Uh, and, and really, you should be looking a week ahead. You should have your bets you're kind of circled. And I'll talk about a couple I have circled um, for week four and three uh, a little later on. But that's kind of how you have to bet the NFL because there's so few games and the, the markets are so tight. You really, your windows are so small. Um, a, a kind of some notable line moves. Uh, and just takeaways from week one as I kind of pull up the the uh, market right now. So the Bills preseason, they were two point two and a half point underdogs to the Giants, and now they are two and a half point favorites. Uh, so that's a pretty significant line move. Uh, I was very impressed by Buffalo. They, they barely beat the Jets, but they won despite having four more turnovers, which is pretty incredible because turnovers are the big, have the biggest correlation to winning. So they're just so they have so much leverage in terms of providing a result that to overcome a four uh, turnover game or be a negative four in the turnover differential and win a game is pretty incredible. Um, So actually, the next two weeks, I kind of have Buffalo circled. They play the Bengals next week and then they have the Patriots week four. I'll probably be I'll definitely be on them on week four and I'll probably be on them next week as well. Uh, they're in a tough spot. They have a back-to-back road games this week, so I probably won't be on them. But I wouldn't be surprised if they they blow out the, the Giants. And then the same thing with the Bengals. They they were two and a half point underdogs beginning of the year. Now they're two and a half point favorites against San Francisco. Um, that one I'm not as sold on. Uh, I think that they they lost by a point to Seattle, but they also scored on a hail mary touchdown that should have been a pick at the end of half. So I'm not really as big of a believer on that. Um, and then really the biggest thing I wanted to remind people is the fifth best team and the 25th best team, uh, you know, approximately is about, is less than four point difference on a neutral field. I mean, the parody in this league is really, it's unbelievable. And we already said the lines are really calibrated sharp and the teams are really close together. So it kind of is like, well, how the hell are we going to use this as a, um, you know, to our advantage. Well, one I mentioned before is that's first half betting. So first half betting, since these teams are so pretty much even on paper, it makes more sense to be conservative because you kind of, no one wants to make the first mistake. You're kind of feeling each other out. You're also learning more about the other team. There's a lot of scheme changes, things of that nature. So first and foremost, if you're betting, if you're, if you like an under in in an NFL game, uh, you really should be betting the first half, unless there's a very specific reason you're not. Uh, the first half, just if you look at the scores this past weekend, I mean, the Monday Night Football game with the Saints, Texans, uh, the Eagles, Redskins game. Uh, I think it's it's something like 90% of the games, the second half, scored more points in the first half, and that's not super rare. But it, it, and some of that is also because week one, like I said. They don't play in the preseason, but a lot of that is just also basic game theory where you're not going to be as risky because your game scenario isn't requiring you to do that. So does that make sense at all, Rob, in terms of what I mean by that, in terms of like obviously in the first half, you know, the team hasn't gone up by a lot. 
most cases. Uh, whereas, you know, especially you saw at the end of that Saints um, Texans game, it was kind of like back and forth. They, I think there was like almost 20 or uh, 25 points scored in the last like three or four minutes. Um, that lines up definitely with expectations of like how a coach would play a game or how a team would approach it. I wonder, so like you're saying, consider taking a bet that's specifically the under for the first half alone. Correct. And that's what I did Monday night. I did the Broncos Raiders and I took, um, the way I looked at it was I knew I, I, I expected the Raiders to come guns a blazing. It's the last Monday night football game uh, at, at Oakland. It was also uh, Brandon Costas's birthday. Shout out to class. Um, and he's a big Raiders fan. Uh, and they also just cut Antonio Brown. So it's like a very uniting force when you get, get rid of it, of the cancer, you know what I'm saying? Like you kind of, the team comes together for one night, if you will. Yeah. And then uh, the Broncos also road Flacco is just notoriously Joe Flacco is a terrible road quarterback. Uh, first year coaches are, they, they are notoriously bad, especially week one. It's just understanding what goes through, you know, having a coach in a uh, NFL environment. Uh, and that's kind of what happened. The Broncos offense looked terrible. The Raiders look offense look great. And the Broncos have a great defense. Um, but yeah, it, it's just one of those things where, taking the first half specifically the under and the other great part is is you know you can bet that in game and you can get a lot down so that's one of the things what i like to do i like to watch the same team so i watch the redskins week in week out because i followed them for years and you know i just know their tendencies and and this year i'm kind of adopting the cardinals just because i I love kyler murray and kind of what they're trying to implement and they're also in the afternoon slot so i'm going to be able to watch a lot of their games for the year and and you kind of pick up on those tendencies and you can see it's like, okay, at this point, the coach is going to flip the switch and they're going to, they're going to, you know, start chucking the ball. You know, they, they, at at this mark, they're down this much, you know, it's really more of a feel thing than because we have so few data points in the NFL, but you know, week four or five with the Redskins, you know, especially because they've had the same coach for five or six years, it's, it's kind of easier to pick up, but about week five or six, you really can start picking up teams tendencies and uh, you can really make money via via live betting uh, because of that. Uh, but yeah, cool. it, are the lines are the lines similarly sharp? So like, the theme has been look every line in the NFL is is crazy sharp. It's the most efficient. Right. Efficient. If there's anything missing, like someone will arbitrage that away and get it closer right. to where it is. So you're saying that that just given the tendency of the conservatism, especially in the first half those lines perhaps have a tendency to like, like that's a place worth focusing on to think, look, these unders may not be as sharp as, you know, the, um, the total score for the whole game. Right. Well, there's two great things about it, especially football context wise is, um, that they don't, the bookmakers don't have time to copy one another. So this is probably one of the biggest misconceptions uh, the average person has about sports betting is each casino doesn't set their own line. Like I said, everyone, when it comes to the pregame lines, they copy from Chris or bookmaker.eu is what they're known in the United States, but it's, it's Chris and they just copy it. You know, Chris hangs a three, everyone moves to three. Uh, but when you do the live betting, they can't copy it because there's not enough time. And really just a rule of thumb, the, the less time bookmakers have to adjust, um, the more in- inefficient they are. So that's the first uh, reason they, they really they have to actually be bookmakers. They have to take a stand and put a number out there and let it get hammered into position. 
Uh, most times that's not what happens on pregame lines. They simply just copy the best bookmakers in the world and they just sit back and balance their action. It's really a great hustle. And you've brought this up multiple times to me. I should be a, uh, you know, I should just be on the other side of the counter. I should take bets, but I'm too hard headed for that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the second reason that it's great for football is, is you, have, you know, football is unique in that you have a week to prepare for the game. So what you do is you implement a game plan. So you might come out and, you know, your algorithms are telling you, you know, Team X should be scoring this much and, and things of that nature. But it might be a game plan specific thing. And the NFL season is so context specific. The Patriots are great in this. This is why I try to watch a lot of Patriots games and is because they'll notoriously second quarter, they'll quit on a game. If they're down 14 or 15 and it's a non-divisional game or something like that, they'll just pull their starters and just say, OK, whatever, you know, we'll heal up for next week. And, you know, and that's one example of, of, of like game plans. But another is, you know, hey, you know, for example, the Ravens last year when they played the Chargers, uh, they had played week 15, I believe, in the regular season. The Ravens had switched to a very run oriented option like offense uh, and they beat the Chargers. So then they play three weeks later in the playoffs and the chargers just implement this defense where they essentially dare them to throw the ball. And if you're watching the game, you just pick up on it. I mean, I hammered the under, I think five or six times because the chargers got a lead. So what the Ravens try to do with that run oriented offense is at a disadvantage because, um, you know, it's easier to sit on a lead when you're running than play catch up when you're running. And they actually had, they played their safeties at linebacker. So they had really athletic guys who were able to, you know, run with the running backs and things of that nature. So second reason live betting is so great is because you get these, these coaches who, I mean, during the season, you know, you hear these stories about them like sleeping in their offices and that's really what they do. They spend all week game playing how to stop, you know, you know, make, make the other team beat you with their second or third options. And, if you really can pick up on it, you know, you can see that in, in game. So, um, yeah, it, it just allows you to have, uh, uh, there's, it's more inefficient. Uh, the bookmakers can't just leave a line up there and then, you know, Oh, look, the best bookmakers in the world, they've moved at three points. So we should move at three points. You know, they kind of have to take a stand. Uh, so that's why I really like live betting. And also you can bet the first halves. So you can, uh, you know, we talked about trading a little bit. And when I get to my bets for next week, I'll, I'll talk about a game I plan on trading and, and why I like that. Um, but, yeah, it's just it's just kind of one of those things. Okay, we know that these things are so calibrated. We know the teams are so similar. Okay, let's use that to our advantage. Let's use, you know, what our eyes are telling us. And it's gonna t- it takes years of practice to do it. And by practice, I mean th- making bets and losing. So, unfortunately, people listening out there, there's really no other way to do it. That's why I recommend, you know, start small. If it's 50 bucks, 100 bucks a game. But it's the only way you're going to learn is by having – that skin of the game and by trying these strategies out and the hardest part is is you might get the strategy perfectly right but you might lose so uh it's kind of you know it's one of those things like i've talked about if you really want to get into this you got to realize it's going to take years and and really uh, probably a decade or so before you really can do it almost instinctually and and still as as much as i do things on instinct and in that art and science i still use numbers that i trust and power rankings and stuff of that nature so um, yeah, it's, it's, it's a really interesting thing. Another thing is teasers. Uh, I talked about how I had a teaser last week, but because the lines are so sharp and so calibrated, so that means, you know, if, Hey, if team X is six points favorite, that's pretty much how much better they are. Uh, we use these teasers by moving the line. So you kind of buy points 
and there's more important points than others. So a lot of times what I like to do is take home underdogs. So um, some teams that fall in that category this week would be Denver is a home underdog. Atlanta is a home underdog. Um, and, and those are the two biggest ones that, that jump out to me that they're right now. They're like a two or two and a half point underdog. And if you buy six points, you take them from a two and a half point underdog up through the key numbers of three, four, six, and seven. So instead of getting so right now, Chicago is a, or excuse me, Denver is a two and a half point underdog. Um, if you have a six point teaser, that takes you up to eight and a half. And like, remember we said, the games are so close. The teams are so, um, you know, clo- close in power rankings that you're probably getting close to a pick them anyways. Um, and now you're getting the most important points, uh, points in the national football, like most game three is the most common, a field goal. Second, most common is seven. Third most, I believe is four. And then the fourth most is six points. And you're getting all four of those points and you're at home. Now you can't just play it blindly, but it is, um, it is a good way to bet the NFL because we're using the calibration, how sharp these lines are against the bookmakers so we're saying okay yeah you're right that you know probably chicago is about two points better but now i'm going to get denver with eight points so so you know it's kind of you know it's just another strategy of using these and uh if you haven't incorporated them it's just like anything else everything in moderation but if you haven't incorporated that into your nfl handicapping you uh you're missing a big thing because especially in recent years uh it's become a really good uh resource and kind of tool in your toolbox do you have any questions or anything jump out about teasers there, Rob? Yeah, what is a teaser? So a teaser is you pair two games. So, for example, let's say we took uh, the Denver-Chicago game where Chicago is a two-and-a-half-point favorite at Denver right now, and you tease that by – you can tease it six, six-and-a-half or seven points. I recommend – you can do ten as well, but it's kind of degen. Um, but you take six points and then you find another game and you get another six points with them. So Chicago and Denver, Chicago's a two and a half point favorite. So if you tease that game up six points, now you get Denver instead of a two and a half, you get them at eight and a half. And then let's say you take Philadelphia and Atlanta, you, instead of getting, so Philadelphia is a one and a half point favorite at Atlanta right now, instead of getting Atlanta plus one and a half, you get Atlanta plus seven and a half. So, you get those the most common final scores in the NFL are mm-hmm. three, then seven, then I believe it's four, then it's six. So, but I know I know three and seven are definitely the most common, and then it's either fourth or sixth is third or fourth. But those are the fourth most common endings of games. And now you get those four results on your side. Whereas before, if you just took you know, Atlanta plus one and a half, you just took Denver plus two and a half, you're really not getting much because not many games end by two points or one points. That Yeah, so the the teaser it's multiple games. Right. And then you have six points that are kind of flexible. So you like pull them from one game and put to the other. Is that what you're saying? They have to be used so six have to be used on each game. So you get six six points for Chicago or the Chicago Denver game. You get six points for Philadelphia Atlanta. Oh, you can't use like ten at one and yeah, yeah, yeah. two on the other. Yeah, it's a great question though. It's a really good question. But yeah, it's just a different way to bet the NFL uh, instead of like I said at all costs. At all costs, we try to avoid doing pregame against the spread because that's the hardest one to beat. You know, so this past weekend I had. Um, 
I had what I think it was only one straight up against the spread bet and it lost it, And then I had a live against the spread bet and it lost as well. So I was 0-2 against the spread. I was uh, 3-1 betting the other ways. <laughs> so it's just an example of against the spread, uh, it's just really tough to beat. It's, it, it's really tough to beat. So it's just giving us other ways. But, um, yeah, if anyone has any questions on that, please reach out. Um, it's a great, great resource to have to bet the NFL. But, yeah, uh, as for this week, uh, let's get to the best. Did you have a story from that conference you wanted to share? Or did you talk about that with the uh, game that was interrupted? <laughs> no, no, this is totally off topic. I'll keep it short. Um, some of the homies know this one. But yesterday I had my, my day in court, dude. I took a guy to small claims oh, court. Right, right. Yes, and I, I was uh, Better lawyer I, I was defeated, dude. Oh, you lost. I was defeated by like the corniest guy I've ever interacted with in small claims court. Um, it was a, a negative experience, all in all for me. I'm glad that I got him to show up because this guy, like, you know, kind of ran a scam and then disappeared. So I, I'm glad I got to see his face. Um, he got away this time. Justice was was definitely not served. But um, yeah, had had my moment in small claims court. And uh, it was it was a lesson in making things like as exceptionally, extremely bare level obvious as possible that I <laughs> got too complicated. Um, the real lesson is that if you use an LLC, you can scam people and like usually for the most part, get away with it. That's the purpose of the limited the limited liability. liability. <laughs> yes, <laughs> that's that's how they work. Mostly uh, oh, wow. I thought I. I thought he, I thought he had a uh, a thread hanging out of that LLC that we could tug on, mm. but I, I wasn't able to to get a good grip on it. That's too bad, dude. Well, maybe we can win you some money this weekend with some bets. So um, I'll start with some college football bets. I don't think I brought up that I had Army team total last week that lost. So I'm owing two on the college football season. I am admittedly a better NFL better. Just been doing it longer, but I actually do think I have some bets here that can provide some value. Uh, I got Virginia minus seven. Uh, they're playing Florida State. They're just a better program. Florida State is an absolute dumpster fire. They almost lost to uh, Monroe, I believe, this past weekend. UL Monroe, and they just Willie Taggart's a bad coach. Florida State, yeah, they have tons of talent. They're just undisciplined. Virginia Bronco Mendenhall is a great coach. They have a better quarterback. They have a better defense. Uh, I got this at seven. It's at seven and a half now. I would obviously wait to see if it gets to seven, but I really think it's still good uh, as long as you get it underneath 10. Uh, so, yeah, lock in Virginia if you can get that. I have the eight or Sun Devils, dude. I have our Sun Devils versus Michigan State. Uh, I got the under 44 and a half earlier in the week. Uh, it's actually 41 and a half some places. Some places 42. So I got a little bit of value on that. Uh, actually right now I would recommend betting the ASU team total under, if you can get that, I'd rather have that than the 42 or 41 and a half. If you can get like 42 and a half, I would take that. But 42 being an eight and a seven is a pretty important number that we want to get. How did that, um, how did that come up on your radar? The ASU? Yeah. So Arizona state scored 19 points last week, uh, against, uh, I think they were scoreless in the first half. And Michigan State is like notoriously good on defense, and they can't score at all. 
Uh, Arizona State is a freshman quarterback who is raw, talented, but he they just you know having trouble putting that together. But our, our ASU's defense is uh, top four in the Pac-12, so it's kind of a match of uh, great defenses, subpar offenses. Michigan State's offense is decent, but they they um, their defense is definitely their calling card. So that's what that's kind of what we we came on that. And also, Arizona State beat Michigan State last year, so it's not like Michigan State's gonna, you know, not be ready for this game. I believe it opened around like ten, and Michigan State's up to fourteen. Um, I don't like laying so many points with a team that has trouble scoring, so I, I, I chose to take the under. And uh, looks like the market has agreed with me so far. So, like I said, you can take the team total for ASU. I would look to that under, but that wasn't available to me, and I felt the number was going to move, so that's why I took the the under in the game. But I think most places will have that. I'll, I'll double-check that if, if they have that available right now. Uh, and then I took BYU plus 4.5. Uh, this is kind of back to my Pac-12 preview. I had this game circled. USC week one played Fresno State. They lost their starting quarterback. Last week they played Stanford. Um you know, huge Pac-12 game. They they look really good. They blew out Stanford. Stanford didn't have their starting quarterback, uh, but now they go to Provo to play BYU and BYU and USC. Just they couldn't be more different in terms of their programs. Um, USC is full of five stars. They don't really have good coaching. They don't play really that tough. Whereas BYU, it doesn't have any five stars. Um, they play super tough. They, they're actually not in a conference, so all they do is play big conference opponents. BYU has already played Utah. They went to Tennessee last week and beat Tennessee in a game they probably shouldn't have won, but they're just one of those programs that they're never going to quit. They they play with a chip on their shoulder, and the fact that they're getting USC at home, I mean, the I would say the pregame is going to be crazy at BYU, but maybe some people will, will sneak some like Coca Colas in or whatever Mitt Romney lets them lets them have out there. Uh, but they, they're going to be wild. They're gonna they're gonna be good. So um, I have BYU plus four and a half. I'm probably going to take a money line as we get close to this game. I think it's at four. Anything uh, three or more, I would take. Uh, I'm just going to have a little on the money line, a little sprinkle there on the on the money line. And then I have Iowa State and BYU in a teaser. So just like when we talked about teasers, um, you should not do too many teasers with college football. Some people are going to yell at me for this. It's kind of like an unwritten rule. But I just love these two games, these two spots. I have BYU up to 10.5. So once again, I'm getting the line from 4.5 to 10.5. And And then I have Iowa State, which was at 1.5. I didn't know how long it was going to stay there. I got that up to 7.5. So game day is at... Uh, Ames, Iowa. They're calling it uh, Aim Aim Day. <laughs> I love Matt Campbell. They went to overtime with uh, fucking Northern Iowa the first week, but I they had a bye last week. Iowa had a conference game. Granted, it was against Rutgers, um, but this is this is a great rivalry game. A lot of times they're low scoring. Uh, Iowa State, I don't believe, has beat them yet. And then with game day, I mean, you're just going to get Iowa State's be- best effort. I'm high on Iowa State, uh, so. You know, if this game right now it's a two and a half, and with with money, it looks like it's heading towards three. As soon as it hits the three, I'm going to take Iowa State plus three as a straight bet. If it doesn't get to three, I'll take the money line for Iowa State to win the game. So that's that's my conference uh, 
or excuse me, my college football bets of the week, especially as conference play, I'd say starting in about two or three weeks get started. I, I probably have about five to six games, but I don't try like to have a quota because I, you know, if there's no value, I'm not going to bet a game, but definitely once we get into conference play and we have more data, I'll have more picks for us for, for college football. How many, um, so you're like units per week, your first week was only one game. Second week was only one game, right? Or right. One bet. So I, right. So I'm down right now, 2.2 units in college football. I'm up 0.9 units in NFL. Yeah. So, how much, but you bet, how much did you bet in each of those weeks in college one, football? I had 1.1 unit and my unit is based upon my uh, bankroll that I have. So Okay, and now you, are you betting more? You have more bets in number. Do you have more units on the line now that we have more info for college football for this week? Uh, I do not. I do not. I, 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 I bet a higher amount for the NFL than I do college football, but I do not do that. Um, no, it's not as the year goes on more. I just don't have enough data to pinpoint to say, oh, this point in the year I'm stronger. College basketball, I do do that. So um, November and December, I bet less than I do in January through March. Um, and once I get enough data to track through that, I, I'll probably be open to, to do that, but I just don't have enough yet. I have an assumption that it gets better as it goes on. Um, but, uh, I just don't have enough data really to back that up yet. So that means that like functionally, so you're betting the same amount of units week one, two, and three in college football, right? Right. You're just effectively not spreading those out between four games. You're only taking one early in the season, right? No. So I, I'm betting. So let's use a hypothetical. Let's say my unit size is a hundred bucks. I'm putting a hundred bucks on that, on that game. I'm not spraying it upon the, the weeks. So I'm betting a hundred dollars week one. Then I'm betting. And even when I get to week four, I'm betting a hundred dollars a game, no matter how many I bet. Got it. So you are yeah. doing many more units now this week. It, it's like one one four in terms of total units bet per week. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah exactly. So week one, I had a hundred. You know, if that was my unit, I had a hundred dollars on the line. L- last week, I had a hundred dollars on the line. Now I currently have four hundred on the line. And then I do, I do do some live betting, but I don't think that's fair to kind of like share out because not everyone can has those lines, and I, I don't, I can't really post them, um, but. The, those are half unit plays usually just because it's still early in the season. But yeah, that's what, that's what I do so far. Word. Yep. Uh, now for the national football league, I really haven't analyzed the card too much. Like I said, I'll, I'll tweet out whatever I do play. Um, a couple things. I did mention the bears Broncos game. I actually had this game circled because I like the bears because they have four extra days of prep that, so they played last Thursday, whereas Denver played last uh, me, Monday night. And so, well, I do love Denver at home as a dog. I decided to play, uh, the first half under in the Denver Chicago game, uh, for a half a unit. Uh, just because Denver has got one of the best home field advantages, but getting four extra days of prep, Chicago also lost their first game. They're going to come out guns a blaze, and Chicago's got a great defense. So I, I think this is going to be a slugfest defensively, especially for the first half. Uh, I'll be looking to see if that comes true. If I like what I see, I'll probably put another unit or another half unit or unit on the under if I like what I'm seeing uh, as the game's going on. The other game I really like is the Falcons. Uh, they got blown out by the Vikings week one on the road. Um, they're playing the Eagles. I, I Anyone who's talked to me about the NFL this year knows I love the Eagles, but 
Uh, this is a primetime game. Atlanta is preseason. They were a one-point favorite. Now they're a one-and-a-half-point underdog. I'm going to play this two ways. The first way I'm going to do it, I want to trade the game. So I'm going to have two units on the Falcons um, at about one plus 110. So it's just like over um, – like one, essentially like one to one odds, just a little bit better. And I'm just going to wait for Atlanta to be up in the game. And then as soon as the Eagles get to somewhere two to one, I'm going to put a unit on the Eagles to essentially um, cover my original bet. So that way, if, if the Eagles do come back and win, I lose nothing. If the Atlanta wins, I get a unit, if that makes any sense. Now, if Atlanta comes out guns a blazing and I love what I see, I won't take the Eagles. But the intention is to trade the game to arbitrage a little, or it's not total arbitrage because I do want to be on the side of Atlanta winning. Uh, but uh, Atlanta's a, Dan Quinn's a good coach. They got blown out week one. They're going to come out on uh, Sunday Night Football against a good Eagles team who the Eagles last year, if you remember, week one beat them in a last second game. So you're going to get Atlanta's best, best effort. Um, so yeah, I'm going to do that. I'm also going to tease up Atlanta to get them through the seven. So, cause they're at one and a half right now, I'm going to buy those six points. I don't know exactly who I'm going to pair them with yet, but I will tease them with somebody to get them through, uh, those key numbers of three, seven, four, and six, uh, because Atlanta, you're going to get their best effort. I could see the Eagles winning this game. I could, but it's winning them winning by more than a touchdown would absolutely shock me. Um, so that, those are the two games I'm definitely going to be on. I'm, I already have that Broncos bears, uh, bet in, um, the other game that I'm looking at, uh, just from a principal standpoint and I fucking can't believe I'm doing this, but the Redskins, <laughs> uh, plus five right now you can get them at uh preseason. This game was only four. So Dallas minus four and, uh, now it's only Dallas minus five. Let's look at what happened last week. The Redskins had a good first half, but then they ended up losing by five on a Hail Mary at the end of the game, which really they should have lost by 12. Dallas looked like absolute gods out there uh, against the Giants. They like Dak Prescott, you know, went crazy. Um, they won by like, I think almost 20 points. And yet the line didn't really move at all. Some sites that aren't that the best sites in the world, they open at seven. They were immediately hit down to five. Uh, essentially you're getting the Redskins coming back home. They lost week one. This is a rivalry game. The Cowboys and Redskins, um, I'll probably be on the Redskins. I, I might even tease them up, uh, to get through that six and the seven and also a 10. Uh, but I'll probably be on the, the Redskins. Um, we mentioned this before the dolphins are 19 point, home underdogs which is kind of incredible but i would still tread lightly because the dolphins are not trying to win games so it's this very unprecedented um you know if it wasn't this scenario i'd say take that 19 right now but uh the dolphins aren't trying to win so it's kind of one of those things where if it was strictly on principle i'd say take them but uh, i want nothing to do with with the dolphins i don't think they're trying to win football games uh, as for everything else, it's a pretty good, uh, pretty good slate. Uh, I, like I said, I'll tweet out if I have any picks, but uh, hopefully that'll that'll get you uh, even after your small claims court loss there, Rob. Please true me up, dude. I'm dying. <laughs> my family needs needs my small claims victory that I was unable to to get back. Yes. Well, uh, 
if that uh, any questions, uh, let, let us know. But I think that wraps everything up, and we're going to try to get onto iTunes, uh, if not or by next episode. That's our goal. That's our goal. We'll let you know. We'll, we'll uh, tweet out the podcast and whatnot. But God willing, next week we'll, we'll be on iTunes. Tim uh, Cook, if you're listening, please approve us. We're, we're good boys. That's right. Go Auburn, Tim Cook. Go Auburn. He's a huge War Eagle guy. So uh, that should get us in there. (laughs) All right. (laughs) All right. I'll see you and everybody else next week. Peace.